This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And with help from Albertsons, it doesn't have to be the most stressful. Stop in for great deals on holiday favorites so you can stretch your budget and celebrate more. Pick up fresh, boneless, skinless chicken breasts or thighs, just $1.59 a pound when you buy a value pack of three pounds or more. And get General Mills cereal 10.7 to 13 ounces, selected varieties, $1.57 when you buy two. Tastier meals, sweeter deals, happier holidays. Albertsons, it's just better. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and I just wanted to drop in for a quick second to tell you that this podcast is really gaining popularity and in order for us to continue growing like this, I'd love it if you could rate and review us on iTunes. Plus, I'm always excited to hear feedback and continue to improve our content based on what you want to hear. I know I'm in, are you? How historic has Russell Westbrook been this season? Can we compare James Harden to Russ? And can teams make significant improvements in their rankings after 12 games? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. Today, I am pleased to bring on the show, friend of the show, friend of the program, Ben Alomar, who is the director of sports analytics at ESPN. And Ben, I think that we have um, a very timely conversation to have, speaking of uh, what's going on today or what's going on in the stat world. Yeah, yeah, I think um, you know what we're seeing right now on the court between uh, what James Harden's doing, what Russell Westbrook's doing, uh, really impressive, and what Westbrook is doing in particular is, is truly historic. Okay, well, so this is interesting because I just released a video that the, the title being uh, "Is James Harden Better Than Russell Westbrook?" and I had to agonize over which name went first. <laughs> and um, you know, and I went through a lot of stuff, but it ended up being like 15 minutes. And I realized later that I should have done 15 more minutes of like all the other stats that people are coming out of the woodwork at me. So. You know, what is your take on this? Because obviously, you know, what is, I don't know if you look at Harden's numbers, but what is Russ doing that's making it so statistically significant? So um, there are two, two statistics that I'm going to look at in particular with Russ. Uh, his assist rate, which is the percentage of his opponents, his teammates' shots that he gets an assist on. And then his usage rate. So how many possessions does he use in terms of turnovers and field goal attempts and that sort of thing? Uh, right now, he's near 60% on assist rate, and he's just over 40% on uh, usage rate. So he's using, by himself, over 40% of the Thunder's possessions. And then on basically every other possession where one of his teammates gets a shot, he's making the assist. So um, to put that a little bit in context, there are only five players, in his, in, since they've been creating, you know, collecting all the data we need to calculate these stats, that have ever had um, usage rates over 30 and assist rates over 40 for an entire season. Russ has done it before. Uh, LeBron has done it. Uh, Tony Parker has done it one season. Deron Williams did it one season. And Dwayne Wade has done it twice. Um, so those are the only guys that have ever done 30-40. Uh, 
Um, and right now, Russ is on track to have his third straight 30-40 uh, season. Uh, his fourth overall, he's only been in the league. This is only his ninth year in the league. So that's amazing by itself. But what he's on track for is the first 40-40 season in since we've been collecting this data. So um, nobody has had this been this dominant an offensive force um, uh, since we've been collecting this kind of data. So we don't know, you know, maybe maybe Wilt was, maybe some of these other guys were, but uh, since since like basically 1970, early 1970s, nobody has done what Russ is doing right now this season. Wow. So I, I would have almost thought that maybe Michael Jordan, one of those years when he was playing point guard uh, in 89, would have gotten close, but I guess not. But, but so, you're, I mean, you're saying 30-40, usage rate 30 and assist rate 40, right? That's right. And then just so I'm clear, I heard you right, his usage is 40 and the assist rate is 60? Is that what you said? Yeah, that is, his assist rate is close to 60 right now. I okay. think his assist rate um, is right now – it's at fifty nine point one. Okay. So wow, uh, he's like that's that's crazy. That's leading the league. So he's leading the league right now in assist rate and usage rate. Um, so it's it's unbelievable what he's doing with that that offense right now. Now, does the the effect of his efficiency, good or bad, end up weighing on the this accomplishment or not? Yeah, I mean that's that's sort of a separate question. Like how efficient is he at scoring? And you know, Russ is. You know, as you documented in your video, he's never going to be the most efficient scorer there is. Um, and that's why you know, I try to be careful not to say he's the best offensive player we've ever seen. He's the most dominant. Um, you know, he is, his efficiency has certainly gotten better over time, marginally. Um, but his, what's also happened is his turnover rate has gotten uh, a, a little bit better. Not a lot, but a little bit better. Um, and so, but you, like when you compare right now, his, uh, his usage rate is about 40 is a turnover rate is about 16. So you compare that to James Harden, who's got a usage rate in the 30s, but a turnover rate around 19. So um, you know Harden's using less, fewer possessions and turning the ball over more frequently than Harden. So they're, when it comes just to their shooting efficiency, you know that that equalizes out a little bit between the two of them. Okay, if, if I were really a Russ hater, which I, I really <laughs> want to push back and say I'm not, but he, he definitely is frustrating to watch, I would, I, would, I would probably be able to argue, although I don't know if I believe it, that some of those shots could very well be turnovers. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the name of getting the ball in the direction of the rim, they're not gonna, it's not going to get turned over. Uh, and perhaps, because it, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, Harden is averaging more assists per game uh, by one, um, and yet, uh, and he's, but he's playing a few more minutes per game too. So it's this weird. It was kind of hard to compare those as well. And I kind of just dropped. I didn't want to say I dropped the ball, but it was just too many stuff to look at the turnover nature of both those players. I, I think that it kind of goes hand in hand. No one who's had a, a usage rate that high has ever had less than four turnovers a game. Anyway, right? Or isn't there some yeah. connection to that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's if you are handling the ball that much, you're going to turn the ball over some. And, you know, the, the turnover piece is, is, is part of it. And Harden is obviously doing more on the offense than he's done in the past. So his usage rate is higher than it's – his uh, turnover rate is higher than it used to be. So, you know, all that is together. And it really is, you know, it's, it's hard to separate these guys and say one is clearly better than the other. I'm not sure, you know, a lot of it is like, you know, what are you trying to do with your offense? The other part that's really hard is, like, James Harden is playing with better guys. Like – Okay. His teammates are better. And so he, you know, 
he's taking less on in terms of passing and, and stuff. He's distributing more because he's got better shooters to pass to. Uh, Russ, when he gets down, going down the lane, he knows that there aren't a lot of guys he can pass to who he's confident are going to hit the shot. So I guess that goes a little bit of the expected value or expected point value for, or shot value for what he's doing. Do you guys – I know I had Ian Levy on uh, not long ago. We talked a little bit about that, and they were charting that at Nylon Calculus. Do you have the sense of, like, expected shot values as well? Are you charting uh, so, Yeah, I mean, so it, it, it's hard because what you want to do, what, particularly the way we have the data now, instead of you – know, you want to go beyond charting. You want to look at – you know, really the player tracking data and look at how close the defender is, what their trajectories are, how quickly they're closing in on each other and things like that. And there are measures of shot quality. We don't, you know, we don't right now have great access to that uh, data right now. So it, it's hard to get a really good measure, really clean measure of expected shot value without that, to, me, to my mind. So, okay, so it is the argument then that, like, when you have uh, – it has to be Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon. It must be – those are the two guys you're going to point to that put – Harden over the top as far as when you're comparing teams, right? Those got to be the because other than that, it seems like it gets to be kind of close as far as team <laughs> talent, right? Yeah, I, I mean, it, to an extent, but the, I mean, Houston just in general, uh, I mean, look, PER is, is a rough number. It's not a great uh, stat, but it's a you know, it's a reasonable look at how offensively efficient guys are. Almost everybody on Houston who plays a significant minutes is ten or above uh, in PER. When you look at Oklahoma City, like. There are two guys who are two of the top five minutes guys on Oklahoma City are under 10. So they're just not the whole the general talent level is much is higher in Houston. I, you know, there are some guys that are significantly better. But overall, you, the, the roster, like you take those two guys off the roster, which roster do you want? It's pretty clear. OK, fair enough. I mean, because it's also fascinating to me in the notion of. You know, there's the the reason why the usage or the PER is low for people on OKC is because Russ is taking so many shots. I guess, right? No, because they can. It, that's that the the fact that they're on the court and they're not taking shots doesn't impact their PER. So if they were if they were hugely efficient scorers and you know getting two shots a game, but they were making both of them, the PER would be higher. So it's this okay. it's an efficient the PER is an efficiency metric. Uh, it's not a total, you know, uh, total metric. So, um, if with with that, you know, looking at it that way, it's it's hard to say that that you know uh, the talent level on at least offensively the talent level on Houston is superior to what OKC has. Okay, I mean, fair enough. Because I mean, I, I did a quick cursory look at like three point percentage, and they have a couple guys that were shooting well, and even Oladipo is shooting really well from three point land uh, on you know a pretty decent number. But I guess overall. Uh, they don't shoot a lot of threes. And I guess the argument there is that it doesn't space the floor. And then as a result, you know, Russ is driving into a lot more traffic than Harden ever would. And that's why Russ's field goal percentage is low or is lower than Harden's. I guess that's, those are all the connective tissues here, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and you you look at Oladipo's rate. I mean, yeah, he's shooting, you know, certainly better than he has in the past from three. And my guess is a lot of that is, the open looks he's getting right now, he's getting a lot more wide open looks than he did in, in, in Orlando. So, you know, which again, that's a value that Russ is creating, not something that Oladipo is doing so much. And it's, it's hard to believe that that's going to, if he starts to draw regular attention from defense as a three-point shooter, that rate's going to go down. Aha. Okay, so that's the, those are the numbers that you're seeing. I mean, there's no question he's, he's got a lot of room out there. Um, and I guess the idea being is, Defenses are just loading down on the rust on those drives, and they're saying, "Please shoot it." 
And yes. if they if they ever were to stop doing that, then he was the percentage would go down, and then I guess in theory Russ's percentage might go up a little bit more because he's yep. open. All right, this yeah. is interesting. You, you you have a you have a way with numbers here uh, that that can kind of sway me. I mean, and what has also swayed me recently was my experience with Blue Apron. And if you haven't heard about them, this is a service that delivers fresh, high quality ingredients right to your door with easy to follow directions, so you can cook fantastic meals in your own kitchen. For less than ten bucks a person, you're going to impress your wife, husband, significant other kids, mailman, or anyone else you like to cook for by presenting to them a gorgeous plate filled with creative and savory meals. It doesn't take very long to make them at all. The portions are great. And I can tell you the crispy chicken with mashed potato and spicy collard greens was awesome. And my daughter and I had a great time making shrimp and shiitake dumplings from scratch. You can customize your menus to whatever types of food you like or let Blue Apron surprise you. It would be a perfect gift for the upcoming holiday season, and you get your first three meals free by heading over to blueapron.com slash coachnick. I mean, this is like hitting a three at the buzzer for the win. So feel what it's like to be carried off the court by your teammates by going to blueapron.com slash coachnick and signing up now. You in? I had started looking at the assist rates and, and like the assist for three pointers to see, you know, those are very valuable pieces yeah. of statistics. And, you know, obviously Harden has a lot more of those, but I had to throw that out the window simply because of what we're talking about, which is they're just, they just aren't any, no one's taking threes. They don't get threes. It's not as part of their game plan, I guess. Um, even though, I don't know, it would seem like, uh, I mean, I guess what it comes down to for me and Russ is like, do these guys shoot poorly, and are they bad uh, offensive players because Russ doesn't let them uh, be better? Um, you know, is there is there ever this notion of I'm going to instill you with confidence and get you that ball when you're supposed to get it and, and believe in you, and eventually, <laughs> Andre Robertson, you will start making those shots. Like I don't, I, I've talked about this before, but I wonder. You know, is that is that alchemy that we can't measure, or is that just a uh, forget about it? Robertson's uh, never going to shoot. Mean, it, it, it's hard for me to believe that, that Roberson would suddenly become a great shooter if he was getting a lot of attempts. Um, he just hasn't shown that. And, you know, Russ sees him in practice every day, so I'm guessing he knows that too. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, that's – you can see, like, when 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 with, when with Durant was on, on the floor with Russ, like, that assist – that usage rate goes down for Russ. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why he's doing 40% usage rate this year because Kevin's not running with him. Uh, you know, so – you, he is willing to give up the ball. I, you know, not as much as Chris Paul. Uh, he's not you know, the, the classic point guard and never will be. But you know, he will give up the ball to somebody he trusts. Mm-hmm. Um, he just doesn't. I don't think seems to trust these guys because you know he feels he's the best option. Right. But by the way, in the face of what you just said, he's averaging eleven freaking assists a game, which is a lot of a lot of passing. Yeah, it is a lot of passing, and he will <laughs> he he will pass the ball because at the end of the day he's he is a point guard and he will distribute the ball. But his inclination, you know, clearly with these you know usage rate of forty percent, he's using a ton of possessions, and it's that you know basically almost any shot that's being taken on that floor, he's either taking or assisting on at this point. Well, you know, does your mind's eye as you're picturing this and looking at these numbers and the historic nature of it, can, is this sustainable? Can he do this over 72 games or whatever if he rests a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I don't see why not uh, <laughs> okay. at this point because he's, 
like you know, I most players I would say yeah it would be hard to really sustain this, but since particularly since nobody's ever done it before, um, and only you know five other player, four other players have ever done anything close to this before, but um, unless his teammates change, uh, unless they bring in somebody different uh, that he wants to you know give more possessions to, uh, unless the offense changes so he's not doing this, he is such. You know, and you know, athletically he's so dominant, um, and in mindset he's so aggressive. Um, I don't see why he. I don't see his style of play changing. You know, that actually brings me up to another point: is uh, Tiny Archibald led the league in scoring and assists one year. Is he bubbling up in those numbers? And, and he must be close to that. Uh, yeah, he's got to be getting close to that. I don't know where he is in the scoring rate, but I, he's. He's leading the league in, in assist percentage. I, I don't look too much at the, the cumulative numbers, but um, he's certainly got to be way up there in those those numbers. Right, because like that, that one year, I, I'm seeing it now. It won't tell me which year it is in my quick search, but it, he averaged 34 points and 11.4 assists, uh, which was crazy. That had to be 1980 or 1979, one of those years. <laughs> Um, yeah. Which, by the way, was sort of the golden age of the NBA. Is right when the ABA emerged, and you probably had some of the, the greatest collection of athletic talent that we had had in a, in a one big surge for a while. Uh, and he did that. That's that's amazing. So, um, yeah, I, I guess you're right. If there's anybody that could do it, it'd be Russ. Well, actually, so I'm looking at it right now, and yes, he is leading the league right now in points and assists. Okay, so he, he so would be well, even even on the totals, he's he's leading. Right. So I, yeah, I mean it's a uh, it's it's a tall order, and I guess uh, the other thing here is that he's willing them to winning uh, enough. I mean, do we do you have a projection yeah. of how many how many wins they're going to get this year? Yeah. So we, by our metrics, so right now they've got a ninety two percent chance of making the playoffs right now. Wow. Uh, and we're, and we're projecting them to win. Let me find their win total here. Uh, Forty four games. Yeah, it's funny. The way I did it was like whatever record they have now, which is like eleven and eight. I just calculated yeah. that uh, for eighty-two because it feels like yes, they're going to win. Uh, you know, somewhere under under fifty wins, make the playoffs, and probably be somewhat scary for somebody in the first round uh, if Russ goes off. Because in theory, you know, Russ could have a few of those games where he is efficient. Yeah, I think. And uh, <laughs> although I have to imagine it would be actually that said, depending on who they play in the playoffs, they would load up on him so much. And it would yeah. be such a it would be a real fascinating test. Can he can he will the team to win? Because he'd, he'd have to give it up. He couldn't have the usage rate. They didn't make. Yeah, it I mean, yeah, I mean that's why you know playoffs are different. They're fundamentally different because you get to prepare exactly for your opponent for seven games, uh, and it, it would force them to make adjustments on how they're playing. Uh, and then you have to hope that you know uh, Oladipo has a great series, or somebody else, you know, Adams does something, you know, the great that, that would really bring things around. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you're you're right. If he if he has like one or two games where he just dominates, and then Oladipo has a couple of games in there, you know, they could go move on past that first round. Yeah, you, know, you know, it's funny because what's frustrating for me is that I think they actually have the talent. Like I, I can't argue that the Rockets are or that they're better than the Rockets, for instance, but. You know, Stephen Adams is a very viable player uh, off sure. the bench, and his canter is very good. And they have this guy Anthony Morrow, who really is could probably be one of the better shooters in the league. Um, I suppose free Anthony Morrow, free yeah, free <laughs> Let him shoot. And you know what? Like I've seen it. Like even if you watch a few possessions, you'll see the defensive stuff where he doesn't put his hands up and he doesn't really know where the ball is and and yeah. stuff. But man, like I don't know if you have Adams behind him and and. Um, 
uh, a couple other good defenders that they have, like Robertson, then, then you know, I, we've seen guys in that position, you know, not be great defenders, but actually be part of a better, you know, defensive team. So I wonder about that. And, like, how about, like, a guy like Jeremy Grant? Is he uh, somebody who looks to me look, – have you watched him play at all and seen his numbers? Yeah, I mean, so far the numbers are not great uh, from what I've seen. I, mean, I haven't seen a ton, but, um, you know, I think that you know, he's still very much an open book because he's so, so young and hasn't just played a ton. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a long season. We'll see how he develops. I mean, um, you know, where is he shooting uh, – shooting almost 40% from three right now, but not a ton of attempts. Who knows if he can uh, sustain that. If he can, if he can sustain a 40, as a 40-plus three-point shooter, uh, and, and Russ begins to believe that, then you know he could be a pretty valuable asset to them. Yeah, and then Joffrey Laverne is also another very, very good player. So, you know, it, it's it, it's weird positionally because they have like three or four good or three good big men, and they all play sort of yeah. the same position. Um, yeah. So maybe they make a move, but either way, uh, and then Sabonis, who I, I like as well, they have four, and so uh, it's I guess it's a challenge rosterally, if that's a word uh, for uh, <laughs> for um, the the front office. So I suppose I I think that there's something there. Like if there was a coach who had, I mean I guess the, I, I don't want listen I don't want to cast aspersions or pretend I have any idea what's going on in that huddle. Um, it yeah. does seem like there are there is some version of the matrix here where um, you know they would get better ball movement, they would get better spacing, and it would work a little bit better. But that said, I mean it's I don't know. You're right. I don't know if we can get much better than you know the 46, 47 games anyway, and into the playoffs. I mean that's pretty darn good. Yeah, I think you know if Russ wills them into the playoffs, it's hard to say that that's not a pretty successful season for them. I think. For sure. Well, you know, the, the other thing is, is, you know, with the absence of Kevin Durant since he came up, I, I have to imagine you've been peeking at his numbers, too. Is that, yeah. is that safe to say? Yeah, they're, they're pretty ridiculous. Uh, that whole team, of course, is, is totally ridiculous. Yeah. You know, in, in, in our, our metrics right now, they're, you know, as a team, they're better than four. They're more than four points uh, better than the, the Cavaliers uh, overall. Um, and then as an offense, they're basically three points better than the next best team offensively, which is the Cavaliers. Um, they're, they're just amazing. Right now, we've got, we, right now our metrics tell you to take them against the field in, for winning the championship. Okay. Uh, well, by the way, and the way they'd win is they win like 123 to 118, I think, every game, right? Something like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, or, you know, their, their defense is, you know, once you – we have them as the fifth best defense in the league right now. Oh, do they move so, up? I haven't checked yeah. in a while. So, so this is our our, our uh, forward looking metric. This is not overall efficiency. Uh, that's a little different. This is this takes in some preseason assumptions and and things and, and adjusts for opponents and locations and things. Uh, but you know, when you, based based on our data, like that's you know they've got the fifth best defense in the league. They've got by far the best offense in the league. Um, they they are. Uh, Formidable to say the least. For sure. And by the way, like uh, maybe ten days ago, they were like twentieth in the defensive rating in the, for the regular season, and now they're ninth. So yeah. that's a big jump, anyway. And in fact, I was talking about this before because I feel like most of the time, um, and this is that's an anomaly in my mind. But let me see what you think. Uh, if a team gets through, let's just say it's like, and I know it's small sample size, it's ten or twelve games. But my my impression of a of a team would be. After like 12 games, let's just say they're ranked you know, 25th in defensive rating, I have a yeah. feeling that they probably don't move up more than four or five spots the rest of the year. Is, is, am I crazy, or is there, is there a lot more variability there? Uh, they, they, you can, and, and you know, it, it would particularly help if they changed the roster. 
uh, you know, you add you add the right player, you can you can move significantly. Okay. Uh, but you know, teams do get better, and you know, and you know, any ten game sample, it's like you don't know what's going on in terms of experimenting with rotations. You don't know what's going on in terms of injuries and playing time, whether somebody rested here or there. Um, so I, I would say it's a, it's a reasonable indicator, but certainly you could have you could, you could certainly move more than three or four spots. I would say. Oh yeah, okay. Because I was going to have one of my guys actually get on it and just look for the last like. 10 years and see, yeah. you know, if a guy, if anyone's ever moved up out of the bottom tw- uh, the bottom 10, uh, you know, after the 12th game. I'm kind of curious because at some point, not that I don't want to make anybody depressed, but, you know, <laughs> some of these teams are like, they have all this hope and you're like, you know what, man, it's, it's not going to happen. They're already, you know, it's kind of like I used to tell, if you're a freshman in high school and you get all C's, you spend the rest of your high school career trying to get your grade point average up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> Take no, it. It, 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 <laughs> De- definitely, there, there's a lot of information in those first ten games for sure. Yeah, exactly. I, I uh, very interesting stuff. And then also, as, as far as Kevin Durant, I mean, I looked it up. As far as I, I tried doing it, where anybody who shot 57 percent from the field, but who uh, and who took well, first of all, I looked at who shot 57 percent or higher from the field. And there's you know, it's a short list, and like Shaq, you know, Artis Gilmore. I think those kind of guys. Nobody yeah. who ever took you know more than. One for three pointer attempt a game, uh, yeah. whatever. So is that what you're seeing too? Like no one will ever shoot that. No one has shot that high from the field and taken that many threes, right? Yeah, no, he's he's really setting you know incredibly efficient scoring right now. Like he's he's leading the league in true shooting percentage right now at six eighty one, and like um, <laughs> I don't like it's crazy. I I think him pairing him with giving him the space that Steph allows him to get like he's he's unstoppable oh absolutely and so this will give you uh, what i'm looking here on basketball ref is 57 percent from the field 44 percent from three uh they're saying effective field goal is 633 but you know whatever crazy do you have a sense what is what is what would be the all-time high mark for a season for effective field goal percentage Effective field goal percentage? That's a good question. Or adjusted away. What are we talking about? Yeah. True shooting percentage. Yeah, so, right, so I, usually, I, I usually look at true shooting percentage because that includes your free throw shots. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Do, yeah, let's do that. So, so that's that's your scoring. So right now he's at 68% there. Uh, that's you know significant. His best in his career was last season was at 63. And then in 2012-13, he was at 65. So, you know, he's stepped up significantly. You know, no surprise there, really. Um and and that's leading the league. I I can't imagine that people have shot much more than that over a course of a season from shoe shooting percentage percentage. Right, because because the traditional big man that would have shot sixty percent didn't get any boost from three pointers. No, exactly. Right, exactly. so they, they would be pretty much the same. Yeah, uh, exactly. And so um, I mean, it is historic. I'm going to do a video on that one as well because it's I, it's going to be fun to kind of dig in to see how they're generating that stuff, but. I, I certainly would imagine he's not he's not second guessing his decision <laughs> to leave OKC. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure he's having a good time there, uh, and they are. It's truly impressive what they're doing offensively. Like you know, it's not really that surprising that they're doing it, but to actually see it in action is you know they're uh, everybody's doing everything on the court. There's no you know one person one role kind of thing. It's it's. Um, really unique what they're able to do. Yeah, it's, it's hashtag basketball, as I would say. Um, well, is there, are there, is there anything else out there that has shocked you in this young season so far in the numbers that are bubbling up the surface here that you you know want to share? Uh, I mean, so the one thing that surprised us was, this was something that I thought was not surprising. Uh, but when I wrote about it, I wrote about last week that 
Um, Austin Rivers is not very good at basketball, basically. Um, and this, what was surprising to me is that there are a lot of Clippers fans that disagree with that. Um, and, and I got a lot of pushback. Oh, you don't see what he's doing. He's doing all this amazing stuff. And he's, um, yeah, no, he's not very good. And, and $11 million, I don't care what your cap situation was, uh, that you could sign him with because you had bird rights. You didn't have to pay him $11 million. Um, in no world was that a good use of money. Um, <laughs> But, okay, uh, yeah, and it's funny because uh, just by the watching the way he shoots the ball, and someone had sent it to me last year because I, you know, I rarely look at Austin Rivers' shooting form just because it doesn't come up. But yeah, they, you know, why would you? Yeah, right, <laughs> they, and they showed it to me, and it, I always find it interesting. It's basically two-handed. It's a two-handed shot over his head, and it is not pretty. But what's even more startling is that you know he grew up. I mean, his father was an NBA player. Now, whether or not they had much of a relationship is whatever. But certainly, he probably had the. There was some wherewithal for him to have been instructed better than he was to shoot the basketball. And yeah, compared uh, to Steph, it's the you know same situation, different, very different result. Right, exactly. And the funny thing with Steph is that he still shoots like a little kid to me. Uh, you know, almost not under his chin, but it's like you can still see that little kid with the way he releases it. But uh, without question, he's figured something out. And it's funny because, uh, like, whenever, like I, whenever I'm around the team, if I'm, I'm always, if I'm near Steph, you know, and I want to ask him some questions about like shooting mechanics, the, the coaching staff always chases me away because they're they don't want him to even think about it for one second. And I, <laughs> so I said, all right, how about how about in July we can ask him when the season's over? He goes, okay, you can talk to him then. But um, one day I'm going to get that definitive uh, interview with him about what he's doing. So, but Austin Rivers, I mean, certainly there's, a, there's an elephant in the room with that one because of the, his relationship to his dad. Um, yeah. And it would be hard to have Thanksgiving, <laughs> right? They didn't, they didn't you trade your son away? Yeah. So you think that he should have been paid $7 million? Less, less than eleven. I, there's no reason to pay him that much money. There wasn't, I, there wasn't a bidding war. There's no – he shouldn't be – and more than the, the money, though. I mean, the, you, you can argue about the money. That's – that's a question, you know, a discussion between Ballmer and Rivers, really. Uh, but in terms of, he's getting twenty minutes a game, um, and that to me is the real problem. That's that's a team that you know, uh, if there's a team that's going to challenge uh, the, the Warriors, it's the Clippers or the Spurs. Um, and you know, the, and, and Chris Paul is amazing. He's been a great this season, and. If you're giving Austin Rivers 20 minutes a game, it's going to be hard to challenge the Warriors, I think. Yeah, it's right. It's actually, yeah, 22 minutes a game, and he's shooting 42% uh, from the field and 33 from three. Uh, yeah, and I, decision-making is a problem as well. And, um, yep. you know, it's, you're right. Like, that's, that's if you want to look at it from the crucible of a, of a championship contender. Uh, that's, yeah. And that's, by the way, what I used to do with Russ and, and the OKC team as a whole is I would look at this and be, you know, it's, they do amazing things. It's really, it blows you away in athletic ability. But I always felt like this is, they're not going to be able to beat the top three or four teams in the league. And we kind of saw yeah. that, you know, for the most part throughout their career, unless, you know, even, even last year, which was an anomaly because they, they how they didn't play in the finals, <laughs> they I have no that idea. Was, that was crazy that they, they brought them to seven games. But uh, yeah, yeah, longer discussion about the 2012 finals, but uh, you know, that, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, oh even that that's one, a yeah. for me. So yeah, no, that that team should have been in the finals, you know, last year, and then you know they made it in 2012, and uh, yeah, well, who knows? We'll we'll save that for our big conspiracy theory podcast about that. <laughs> <laughs> so well, um, well, Ben, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and breaking some stuff down for us. Uh, what what should we what should we be looking for you uh, on ESPN coming up? So we have um, you know, ESPN.com slash analytics is our new site. 
Uh, you know, visit often. I'm writing more. I'll be writing basketball weekly, uh, starting you know basically now. Uh, so you can check out uh, everything we're doing there. You know, I kind of missed that. I, I don't think I realized you had a, a, a slash analytics page. It's exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is exciting. Uh, we're not getting the big PR push just yet, but uh, but it's out there, and we're, we're trying to let people know about it. Hey, this is this, this is a big PR push. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all right, I'm going to get on here. I'm going to check it out and see what I can come up with. And then uh, the challenge for our next conversation will be to figure out a defensive stat that I can believe in. All right, sounds good. All right, Ben, thanks for coming on the show. And don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Ben? I am in, Coach. Thanks for having me on. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And with help from Albertsons, it doesn't have to be the most stressful. Stop in for great deals on holiday favorites so you can stretch your budget and celebrate more. Pick up fresh, boneless, skinless chicken breasts or thighs, just $1.59 a pound when you buy a value pack of three pounds or more. And get General Mills cereal 10.7 to 13 ounces, selected varieties, $1.57 when you buy two. Tastier meals, sweeter deals, happier holidays. Albertsons, it's just better.